Hi, I'm Adrian Tan, and this is my podcast where I deep dive into matters surrounding HR tech and the future of work. I was a former HR serial entrepreneur and write extensively about the future of work on my blog. You may know me better through the Singapore HR tech market map that I created in 2017. In this podcast, I speak with the people who are enabling the future of work. From mindfulness coach to employee engagement platform, they are all helping companies to better navigate rising work and business demands. I'm hoping their sharing in this podcast will help you better prepare yourself and your business for what the future of work may bring. My guest today is Michael Yinger. He has been in the talent acquisition space for almost 20 years, most recently as the global lead of growth, strategy and product management for People Scout. His previous experience in the space includes Aeon RPO as global delivery leader, Randstad Sourcerite as VP of Implementation and Technology, and as an independent consultant specializing in process and implementation for multiple clients. A well-tenured business executive, Michael brings expertise in technology, business design, and strategy to the CIV, as well as a passion to enhance the experience of all the participants in the recruitment process. Hi, Michael. Thank you for coming on to the show. Good morning, Adrian. Happy to be here. Thanks. Could you start by giving us a background and a chain of events of how you led to Resume Seed? Sure. I've been in talent acquisition for about 20 years, primarily in the recruiting, outsourcing space, and technology, as well as implementation. And during COVID, when a lot of other people were casting about looking for things to do, I was asked to join with my fellow founders to set up Resume Civ. This was an, an idea that was built from an in-house application that a couple of my founders, co-founders, had created for a company several years ago. The whole idea is to improve the productivity of the recruiter, to make it easier to get through the, some of the more mundane work that they have to deal with in terms of evaluating and ranking the prospects that are in front of them. That was about 18 months ago. And so we've set up the company and have developed our first application and that has been up and running for several months now through testing and so forth. And lately we've been really focused on adding some partnerships and some integrations to our application to make it uh, more broadly accessible. Is it a standalone platform or is it something that you integrate with an applicant tracking system? Because I would imagine most companies would already have a... Sure. It, it's actually both, Adrian. It, it is possible to use it on a standalone basis as there are companies that don't have technology, don't have an ATS. And we have uh, already begun the process of integrating with ATSs. We have integrated to Zoho and Greenhouse, and we're in the process of integrating to Bullhorn. And then there are several others that are in the queue after that. We will integrate to and allow the users to select their own system. Very simple integration process for the user, really just point and click. We, we've taken all the IT on ourselves to make sure that it's easy for uh, someone to adopt when the time comes how Resume Seif actually does the screening? Is there a point system that it assigns to resume? And also for many resumes out there, in fact, most of them, they are quite unstructured. Is the system able to identify all this as well as take care of all the semantics behind each of the different words? Sure. I'll take a tackle the, the resume parsing itself first. We have an AI tool that looks at the structure of the resume and learns to read resumes. And so it has become very effective and in terms of understanding the structure of the resume, picking apart the, the various and sundry pieces. And then that uh, presents the 
if you will, the parse resume to us, which we, we then can run through our uh, algorithm to score it. The, first, the user will determine what the criteria is. The job can either be built manually or it can be imported or it can actually be copied and pasted into the system and then put into our format. And then there is a scoring algorithm that the resume goes through on a point scale. There are a certain number of points allotted to required skills and a certain number that are required to, that are applied to preferred skills. And so each job presents a rank order of resumes on a score of up to a thousand points. Could you give us a sense of the kind of speed and efficiency versus a traditional recruiter, someone actually sitting in front of a computer running through all this resume? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give you a comparison just to put it into real world terms. We actually posted a job and collected about 290 resumes over a week via Indeed and LinkedIn. It took me about 90 minutes to download those resumes from those two systems. It took me uh, 20 minutes to upload them into the sieve and build the job description and then another three or four minutes to evaluate all 290. So I spent about three hours from beginning to end and was able to rank order 290 resumes in that time period. In a traditional sense, I, I know the statistics like to point to, oh, each resume gets 30 seconds worth of evaluation. Well, that's probably true because the recruiters are using some shortcuts. They're saying, well, this person didn't go to the right school or this person didn't go to the right industry or I can't find Java or look, here's one job where they only work for six months. So they're, they're, they're using very quick tools to, to go through this resume evaluation, not a whole lot of accuracy. And of course, if they have to go back through it, then they're, they're repeating all. We have seen, we've measured with both our testing and with the users as much as 70% reduction in the time on average that's spent evaluating a resume. So this has a really significant impact on the time to fill as well. We've seen an improvement of as much as 35% in the time to hire. And you, you understand, Adrian, you reduce time to hire by 35%, your cost per hire goes down. And of course, the length of time that you're without that person goes down, which is pretty significant as well. What do you see as the pro and cons when it comes to looking at screening being done in a traditional manner versus screening being done with AI, in your case, of course, resume sleeve. I, I think probably there, there are a couple, of, a couple of things that stick right out. The first is in the, in a traditional scanning, again, I'll, I'll give you another example. I talked to a head of talent for a company that hires nurses for tele telemedicine. So these are nurses who work over the phone. They were actually hiring a recruiter. They posted a job, they got 700 resumes in 36 hours. And so they stopped the job posting. They had plenty of resumes. They printed the resumes out. It took four people, three weeks to evaluate all 700 resumes. And so I said to the director, well, now what? And was that okay? And she said, no, it's not because I probably wanted number 701. With our tool, you evaluate your resumes today. Maybe you get some more resumes tomorrow. You put those resumes in, you can evaluate all of them all over again and really get yourself ahead of the, the curve in terms of uh, staying up with the applicants that you're getting. The other part is just consistency. If for those who've done hiring and done resumes, imagine that you had even just say 50 resumes, which is not a huge number, not a small number. By the time you've gotten through 10 resumes and now you're starting on the next group, are, are you still looking for the same things? Are you finding the same information? Are you making snap judgments? Oh, no, I don't want this one now. 
And by the time you've evaluated all 50, can you really say that you've evaluated them exactly the same all the way through? And that's just today's stack. And then you'd evaluate tomorrow's stack. So there's a whole consistency aspect that, that you typically lose in the traditional sense where you're doing it manually. And so those are the kind of things that we think really add some value. In addition to the speed that really adds some value is that, that ability to continue to add to your stack and then continue to evaluate the resumes on the same set of criteria. When I was doing recruitment, I pride myself as one of those who can really screen through a resume very quickly. But mm -hmm. in hindsight, I actually am doing it in a very wrong manner because I was just spotting red flags instead of looking for green flags. Sure. So it's, it's just <laughs> it's reason right. why I should not hire you versus reason why I should. And it's that true. definitely led to a lot of people, very good people, being outed from the very beginning. And when it comes to using an AI screening tool, a resume sieve, are there situations where it might not make sense to consider such a tool? There still is a lot of discussion around how to best apply AI and, and where it has a, a, if you will, a positive impact on the, the recruiting process. In our case, we're not using the AI to actually do the screening. We're using the AI to, if you will, disassemble or parse the resume. And so it does, it's not making any judgments. It's not letting people in or out based on that. All it's doing is breaking the resume down into the component skills and, and experience timeframes, et cetera, that are there. And so I, I, we certainly feel like that is, is not skewing the process. The, the challenge with AI is how does it learn? What does it learn? What is it learning from? And again, with ours, we're able to give feedback if, if we're finding things that are missed. We actually ask our users, if you can't find something, we have 95,000 skills right now in our skills taxonomy. If you can't find it, we've created a mechanism so they can very easily report that to us from directly within the application so that we can use that to update the taxonomy as necessary and in a sense, continue to tune how the AI is actually parsing those resumes. There also be a situation where the AI may also incorporate some of the biases that came in as feedback, because I recall reading somewhere that Amazon had an AI screening tool and somehow they realized the output became just <laughs> uh, white Caucasian male and, yeah, yeah, and right. let them to have a rethink on this whole thing. Is there such right. a possibility right now, given the advancement of technology or are you guys doing it very differently? Uh, we're doing it very differently. That it, Certainly that is still a, a concern in terms of how, what inherently is the bias in the resume. Again, our, our the use of AI is not making any judgments up about what's in or what's not. It's simply learning how to read the document given that resumes are in certainly in different formats and the name and addresses in a different place that people using the, the more traditional date structure that you see in Asia versus in the U S versus in EMEA. So there, there really isn't any opportunity for bias to creep in. I will tell you, we, we, we believe that the output from our analysis is compliant in the sense that it's not judgmental. We're not looking at any of the sort of factors that we don't know the gender and ethnicity of the people, because that's not something that's listed on a resume. The, there is the, where the challenge comes in, and this is the challenge of any recruitment process is once you've got your resumes evaluated, somebody still is deciding 
which ones to actually interview. And so there still is the possibility that somebody could say, here's my top five, but I'm only going to take number one, three, and five out of the top five, because I think that these other two are not qualified for some reason that might be considered to be biased. No system is perfect in the sense that there, there still is some judgment that's going into it on the people side. In our case, that's where the, the bias could creep in is just how somebody uses the tool as opposed to the fact that the tools is skewing the, the results itself, because th there is no judgment that our tool is making about who's in or who's out as we're going through the process. And how would the uh, ability to write eloquently on a resume affect candidates' application or opportunity when it comes to having their resume go through a screen tool like yours? And, and what about things like Typo. I, I remember mm -hmm. when I was doing recruitment, I was very picky about typo. And yeah. for, for you, actually, it could be just an honest mistake. And just because of one word or one alphabet, I ruled the, the candidate right out. Is that something that your tool would also factor in? So today, we're not paying attention to either the style or the, um, <laughs> the accuracy of the words. Now it's possible someone could, we could miss a skill because someone so badly misspells it that we can't categorize it. That is something that, that we're looking at. Is it possible to, if you will, objectively evaluate the quality of the writing? It's not something that we're doing today. It's purely, is the skill present? How long has the person had the skill? How recently have they used the skill? And then it could be certification. Do they have it or do they not? And so forth. There are a number of different criteria that can be brought into place, but we're not judging anybody on their spelling. I would imagine that having the appropriate keyword would still play quite a large part to some extent. I do understand that on one aspect, it's really about the parsing of inf information, but on the other aspect, you also have the different data points that you look at in order to rank them to some extent. So... Would, would that still play a part and would that means that the candidate should pay more attention to how the words are being written in the JD and ensure that it's also present in their resume? Yeah, so it's a valid point. And the way we deal with that is we're looking for not only is the skill present, but when was the skill used? So for example, I, we had a resume that, that we were evaluating during beta testing and the system said they've got this skill and we have the system set up so that if you click on the skill, it highlights in the resume where that skill is present. And I couldn't find it anywhere on the resume, except down at the very bottom of the last page of the resume, there was a tiny little green skills show up in green highlight. That's how we know they're there. So I took that resume out and I highlighted the, the entire document and I converted the text to black. Turns out what this job applicant had done is they'd taken the job description, turned the text white, and then pasted the resume on the top. So that's very clever. All, very clever. They had all the appropriate keywords. Everything was there. Now, they, the distinction in this case, they didn't get credit for the skill as a required skill because there was no time frame. It was just a word on the resume. We're looking for, if, it, if it's a required skill in our system, it's not only when did, not only is the skill present, but how long did they practice the skill? And that's how the scoring is determined. And how recently did they 
most did they use the skill? Again, that has an impact on the score. We're, we're, the old idea, and I know exactly what you're talking about. In the early days, it was just, it was stuffing keywords or even doing keywords, as I've just described, with hidden text so that the readers would pick them up because it's about keyword frequency. This isn't about keyword frequency. This is about actual demonstrated within the resume, demonstrated usage of the skill. Otherwise, you don't get a whole lot of points for it. That's so interesting because I actually still have the idea that people can still continue to do those keyword stuffing. It's great to know that technology has taken care of that yeah, right now. Started to look at it. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was still doing career coaching, I actually did advise people to not exactly change the color of the text, but just to turn it into font size one. <laughs> which of course serves the it's same not purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just so that it can be picked up by the machine. Sure. So interesting to to learn that this implementation has really helped a lot of your clients. So what are some of the use cases you were saying that you are helping uh, a company to screen nurses? Is it specific to jobs in the blue collar or is it really agnostic as long as there are words involved, resume safe can be part of it? And it, it is definitely agnostic. We the the skill set that's present now covers just about anything you could think of in terms of uh, skills that might be present. As I say, we've got 95,000 skills in our database. We've got um, over 10,000 job titles that can be used to search. We've got about 10,000 certifications, including all the different spellings that might occur both in, in all the various countries where you could get certified. Same thing for education. It's not just one particular country, but we have all the education for the various countries around the world. So the, the idea is that it, you can really get down to some pretty good detail. And how often and quickly would that database be updated? Because I would imagine maybe if one year ago, if some company were to be the first to look for a TikTok content creator, it, it might not be found in the database. And so that's another uh, facet of the AI. The AI is looking for the skills as it parses the database. And as it finds new skills, it's uh, putting those into a queue for adjudication. And then if, if it's determined that it's not just a different spelling of the same skill, th then those get added in. So that's a sort of a, a dynamic learning that's going on. In terms of the certification and the education, that's a, a dynamic list that's always being updated and, and we're calling that list via um, an API. They, these are lists that, that are global, if you will. And so it is as up to date as it can be. Now, again, we're allowing for the fact that there might just be something that someone is looking for spelling wise or, or wording wise that hasn't shown up. What, one of the other things that we find frequently, this was interesting. We were talking to a firm that does uh, accounting. They hire accountants for their clients, staffing. And they insisted that our database was not complete. And I said, what's missing? They said, senior accountant is missing. And I said, well, that's because senior accountant is not a skill. That's a job. And that was a real revelation to them. And they said, we need to see that on the resume or we're not, the, the person won't be interested. So we've added that component, that job, uh, job title. So you can search by job titles as well, if that is really relevant to the kind of searching that you're doing. So we're learning from our, our users as we go along. By the way, the senior accountant thing is also a revelation to me. Yeah. For me to think that way. So yeah. uh, what's next for Resume Steve? What's the uh, upcoming plans you have? We're, we have just about completed an integration with uh, a tool called ThinkX that provides the evaluation of human potential. That's 
how you think that's your propensity towards being successful, how you handle stress and whatnot. The idea is you evaluate a candidate on their hard skills using, using the sieve, and then you can flag certain candidates to get this secondary evaluation. We have this all integrated in the system so that they, the user information goes over to ThinkX. The user is asked to come take this evaluation. It's called a discovery. The results of that discovery come back to, to resume sieve. And now the recruiter has both hard skills and soft skills to be able uh, to evaluate the user. So very exciting. We've, we've had three demos this week alone on this uh, particular integration, including a company in the Philippines that has given us a verbal that they'd like to pilot this. And so we're in discussions with them about setting up a pilot so that they can use both the hard skills and the soft skills. Beyond that, our, uh, we're continuing to add more applicant tracking systems to our list. And we've already started, as most companies do, we've already started a review of our user interface based on feedback we've got from customers and the possibility of changing how some of the, the structure of some of the internal screens to make them a little more user-friendly. You do what you can the first time out, and then you ask people, what do you think? And we're getting feedback, and we're beginning to incorporate that, that, that feedback into our uh, product development. Are there plans to look at other languages besides English? Yes, we, we, we haven't had any strong requests yet. The way we structured the application, we can very easily incorporate another language by simply bringing in translations of all the, the words. The structure, if you will, of the, the, of the code itself is ready to go to bring in these languages as we get requirements. I, we've talked about the traditional, at least from a, excuse me, an EMEA-centric perspective of French or Spanish or German. We haven't done anything yet because, quite frankly, a lot of what goes on is still done in English. And even with the one company that we're dealing with, they're in the Philippines, they're, their primary user base and their customers are primarily English-speaking. So we, we have that on our roadmap. We have the capability, but as yet, no one has asked us for any specific languages. And it, as most startups do. There's only so many things we can do and we will cross that bridge when we come to it. For people who are keen to learn more about yourself as well as Resume Civ, where can you go to? Our website is resumesiv.com and we are on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter as Resume Civ or The Civ. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. I'm in LinkedIn, Michael Yinger, and also my email address is michael at resumesiv.com. All this will be added into the show notes. Michael, thank you so much for this conversation and thank you so much for your time. Adrian, I appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity and it's been a great conversation. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it will be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you are using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Han Show.